Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. And live from Kyle Orton's therapist's office, it's the 4th and Inches show with <laughs> Jenna and the Sherpa. I'm not Jenna. I'm the Sherpa. Jenna, how are you this evening? And what do you think of the news out of... Denver that uh, Mr. Tebow is taking over for Kyle Orton there. Um, I'm okay. I'm I'm here with you all, even though there's a Cardinals game on. So just want you all to take that in and appreciate it. Is Arizona playing? <laughs> Funny. Um, but actually, I don't agree with making Tim Tebow the starter. I think this is a bad decision, and I think the the whole team is going to suffer for it. But everybody that Broncos play from here on out should be very excited. Well, they'll sell a lot of jerseys. Uh, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, there will be more Tebow jerseys walking the streets. <laughs> yeah, as long as they don't, well, anyway, as long as they can find that to Denver. Yeah, it, it's unlikely, though. <laughs> Let's be realistic. Yeah, it's sweeping the country. It's just like Occupy Wall Street. It'll be, you know, Tebow time, or, or there'll be some rally outside the Denver offices. And I'm sure so, it'll be much more it, gentle, though. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Tebow stock or T stock, but anyway. Yeah. So what what do we have going on on the show tonight? Besides we have all Tim kinds Tebow? of good stuff. Uh, we have a couple of trades to talk about. We have really? some undefeated teams. We've got injuries. We're going to talk about all the games this week. Maybe talk about players we love and we hate matchup wise this week. We got a full agenda. Um, in the meantime, you can be a part of the show and have your voice heard. Hopefully you don't have a BlackBerry so you can actually contact people. <laughs> if you if you do have service, unlike myself, you can call us at 347-677-1608. That's 347-677-1608. You can call and ask us your line of questions. Just talk to us about football, whatever floats your boat. Uh, you can... Email us at the number four T H N inches show at gmail dot com. That's the number four T H N inches show at gmail dot com. We're also on Twitter under the same handle, the number four T H N inches show. And you can find us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page at fantasyfootballsherpa.com where there's always good articles and projections. And you can check out the Sherpa's football musings on the Huffington Post, including should you drop your players during their bye weeks, which we touched on a little bit last week as well. And That's as right. always, I have we that will... discussion so that I can write my column the next <laughs> There you go. And as so always, we will be here stone. from 9.30 to 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, as we are every Wednesday. And I guess we should get all the news and notes out of the way first and then get to the good stuff, talking about games. Jim Tebow. <laughs> well, it's it's the Broncos bye week. We don't have to talk about Tim Tebow anymore. <laughs> um, there were a couple of trades today. Uh, the trade deadline is at the end of this week. So all you people in Denver or in Miami hoping that Kyle Lorton's on the move, it is unlikely, but still possible. They have till the end of the week. 
The Raiders acquired uh, linebacker and Curry from Seattle for a seventh-round pick and a conditional mid-round pick in 2013. The Raiders have a shocking amount of draft picks, so this was pretty much a no-brainer for them. Uh, all you Seahawks fans need to buy a new jersey if you were sporting Aaron Curry year before. Um, the Falcons have already announced that wide receiver Julio Jones will not be playing this Sunday. He has a hamstring injury. They are contagious this year. They are the new sports hernia. <laughs> you get a vaccine 49ers. What? Is there a vaccine against them or not? I mean, hopefully people are developing them right behind all that concussion wear. Maybe they, they have some type of vest you can put on or something. I don't know. But the 49ers have put wide receiver Joshua Morgan on IR. He broke his leg this weekend. They worked out a bunch of wide receivers. None of them were LeBron James, though. As much as LeBron seems to want in on the league now, they ended up signing Brent, Brett Swain to a one-year deal. The Jets traded wide receiver Derek Mason to the Houston Texans this afternoon for an undisclosed draft pick. Coincidentally, right after he made some derogatory comments about the Jets, they shipped him out of town, although they say it's not related. <laughs> Does that mean I have to get rid of my Derek Mason Jets jersey now? Maybe. Although, if you're the Ravens, he seems like he's practically on your team now because this means he will play the Ravens for the second time in three weeks this weekend. <laughs> oh. Lions rookie Nick Fairley made his do that last week when or last year. Wasn't there a thing where he was bouncing around yeah. from the Patriots to the Vikings, and he actually played the Jets, I think, two games in a row at the I wanted him to continually get traded and just play the Jets every week. I thought that would have been more interesting. Unfortunately, it didn't work out that way. Uh, Lions rookie Nick Fairley made his NFL debut this past Monday. Looks like their defense just got a little bit scarier. Raiders quarterback Terrell Pryor's suspension is over, and he can rejoin the team. That's really not going to impact anybody's fantasy team right now. Uh, speaking of the Lions, both the Green Bay Packers and the Lions are the only undefeated teams in the league. Fingers crossed they can stay that way till Thanksgiving Day and give us some good Thanksgiving games. Not gonna Texans happen. linebacker Mario Williams tore his pectoral muscle during the game Sunday. He is sidelined indefinitely and possibly for the season in what was maybe the most uneventful-looking injury I've ever seen. Uh, Raiders owner Al Davis passed away this week, unfortunately. I know a lot of people like to talk smack about him because he seemed like he was absolutely insane, but he was one of the greatest things to happen in the game of football, and that is a big loss for sure. Uh, Let's see. Steelers running back Rashard Mendenhall should be good to go for this Monday with that hamstring injury. They were playing Monday night. Uh, No, I lied to you. They are playing Sunday. Um, But he was active this Sunday, even though he didn't really play. He was allegedly available for emergency situations. Still no Texans wide receiver Andre Johnson this week. He has a hamstring injury still as well. Once again, they're very contagious. (laughs) Giants running back Brandon Jacobs was inactive this past weekend. He has not practiced this week. I would keep an eye on him and... If you have Ahmad Bradshaw on your teams, good for you. Dolphins quarterback Chad Henney will have season-ending shoulder surgery on his non-throwing shoulder, which is strange to me. But uh, after whining and dining six different quarterbacks, Sage Rosenfels have finally agreed to become the backup in Miami. Not really breaking news. I'm hoping nobody has Sage Rosenfels on their fantasy team. <laughs> I had a Sage Rosenfels Giants jersey, too. Oh, man, you got the graveyarded jerseys in your closet. <laughs> I do. 
We should start some kind of a fund to get you a jersey of somebody who will actually stay on a team. Aaron Curry. Oh, whoops. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, as we alluded to before, Tim Tebow has been named the Broncos' starting quarterback. Let's see how long this lasts. Colts running back we... Joseph Adai left the game this weekend with, you guessed it, a hamstring injury. He has not practiced this week. It doesn't look too good since he couldn't return over the weekend, so keep an eye on that. Colts quarterback Kerry Collins has been limited at practice again this week because of a concussion. Likely Curtis Painter will still get the start this week. Redskins tight end Chris Cooley has a knee injury. Our running back Tim Hightower and wide receiver Anthony Armstrong both have hamstring injuries. They were all limited at practice today. Um, none of them seem absolutely dire, but I'd keep an eye on it. Ryan Terrain may be an interesting start for Redskins this week. Uh, Detroit is also suffering from some injuries. Tight end Tony Scheffler has a concussion. He didn't practice. That's something you're going to have to wait and see on, but Brandon Pettigrew owners may see increased targets this week. Falcons tight end Tony Gonzalez has an elbow injury, didn't practice. He is pretty tough, so I wouldn't worry too, too much about it, but keep an eye on it. Saints wide receiver Devery Henderson has a calf injury. He didn't practice. That's another wait and see what happens come Sunday. Tampa Bay running back LeGarrette Blunt is still battling a knee injury. He didn't practice again so far this week. Again, see what happens. <laughs> They're playing New Orleans, so that may be a tough start regardless. The Cowboys coming off their bye week are facing New England, but luckily are getting a little healthier. Tony Romo, Miles Austin, Des Bryant, and Felix Jones all practice with no limitations and should be good to go Sunday. Unfortunately, Vikings wide receiver Percy Harvin has been limited. He was not as lucky as the Cowboys with rib injuries. Uh, he suffered that this week. It didn't look really pretty, but we'll see what happens come Sunday. And the Cardinals, Broncos, Chiefs, Chargers, Seahawks, and Titans are all on buys this week. So Does that mean Peyton Hillis isn't going to play this week? I mean, it would really take some finagling. <laughs> So, should have set out the bye week instead of the Miami game. Eh, well, what can you do? I mean, the Giants thought last week was a bye week, I think. <laughs> Ouch. And the hits keep coming. But we are all done with injuries, unless you count the Sherpa's pride. <laughs> <laughs> that I can talk big because my the... team was on a bye this week, so really nothing bad could happen. <laughs> Pardon? I said I can talk big because my team was on a bye this past week. Nothing yeah, bad could happen. Yeah, at least they didn't lose a game they should have won. <laughs> exactly. Actually, they lost. The Giants lost a game they should have lost. So, but anyway, probably true as we, well. Yeah, should we just jump right into it? Let's do it. All right. So first game up this weekend is Carolina at Atlanta. Carolina has been coming close a lot this year, but losing some tight games. Atlanta just. Looked like they were off in another world on Monday night after the first couple of possessions. And funny as it may seem, I'm actually going to pick Carolina to win this game. I don't think Atlanta has their stuff together right now, and I'll go Carolina 27, Atlanta 24. I I am not on the Cam Newton bandwagon. I'm firmly still on the Matt Ryan bandwagon. I am a believer. The Falcons are going to get their act together and stop this Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde nonsense. They're going to win this game. They're winning by a touchdown. I hope. <laughs> so who are you going to start for Carolina? Um, I think Cam Newton is a two-quarterback league start this week. I think the Atlanta defense 
should be able to stop him, but I know most people, including you, would disagree. Uh, running backs, D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart. Uh, it depends how deep your league is. Obviously, D'Angelo Williams is the one you want to go for out of the two. Uh, Jonathan Stewart could be an interesting flex option for people in deeper leagues. Wide receiver Steve Smith is a definite start. Tight ends Greg Olson and Jeremy Shockey. I'm not in love with either of them personally. Uh, Legadu Nane, Brandon LaFell, Edwards. For me, I don't want to start most of the wide receivers past Steve Smith just because, again, I'm not on the Cam Newton bandwagon. I think there are better options out there. But it's at your discretion if you're in a deeper league or you're hit with a bye week. You may have to turn to one of these guys, but really we can find you other players. (laughs) I would say no to the defense and no to the kicker because I think Atlanta is going to win this game. So for Atlanta, I would start quarterback Matt Ryan, running back Michael Turner, wide receiver Roddy White, and tight end Tony Gonzalez, if you have any of those. I'm neutral on wide receiver Harry Douglas, the defense and kicker Matt Bryant. Start them if you don't have better options, especially if you've got guys missing on a bye week or because of injuries. And as Jan alluded to earlier, wide receiver Julio Julio Jones, not Julio Jones, Julio Jones, he's out. <laughs> At with least you got game. all the letters right. You didn't call him a complete other name like Mark and Mike. <laughs> That's true. So um, Julio Jones is out with a hamstring injury this week. So make sure that he uh, isn't still uh, in your starting lineup. So that's what I got for this game. All right, let's move on to one that I think we have some definite discussion (laughs) for. All right, Uh, Philadelphia, Washington, Philadelphia, they should be much better than they are, but so far they've looked like an awful team, especially on defense. Maybe that comes from moving your longtime offensive coordinator and making him a defensive coordinator all of a sudden. And they supposedly tried to hire Eric Mangini as a special defensive consultant, and he told them no. So they're stuck with what they have this weekend, and I don't think it's going to be enough. I think Washington's offense will find a way to stick 28 points on the board, and Philadelphia, I think, comes up a little short. So I'll go Washington 28, Philadelphia 27. Now, this is a weird game. At the beginning of the season, we would have penciled this in as a blowout. But the Redskins are sitting atop the NFC East and the Eagles at the bottom. Which is it's like somebody took them much, and shook the standings upside down. <laughs> a mirror image of what we thought it would be. Um, I think even though the Eagles need to stop playing the spread-wide defense because it, they don't have the personnel for it and Michael Vick needs to stop acting like a rookie and get the ball out faster, um, short of firing Andy Reid tomorrow and get a new play caller in, I don't think anything's going to look all that different this week, but... There's one thing the Eagles do, it's play the NFC East tough. And I think they're real tired of people calling them the nightmare team and ragging on Andy Reid, and I think they come out, look a little more inspired than the last two weeks, and they beat the Redskins in a close one. Uh, I just It's just a gut feeling, and I hate the Redskins, but I hate the Eagles, maybe more. I think there's still a lot of fantasy value they put up a ton of yards, even if they don't win games. Michael Vick's still going to throw for three or 400 yards. Hopefully he just doesn't turn the ball over four times. So I think you can start Michael Vick. I think you need to be careful if it's a one-quarterback league and really weigh whoever else is on your bench's options. I think he's got a lot of value, but there's a lot of risk that comes with it as well. 
I would absolutely start running back LaShawn McCoy, without a doubt. Same goes for wide receivers Deshaun Jackson and Jeremy Macklin. I like Jason Avant a lot. If he's available in your league still, snap him up now, especially during bye weeks. He gets a lot of targets. He's over 300 yards for the season. He's caught 23 balls already. He's a nice filler for the wide receiver position. I would say no to tight end Brent Selleck. Uh, Steve Smith, Riley Cooper, beyond those guys, I don't think there's enough there to make it worthwhile. Same for running back Ronnie Brown. I would still say yes to kicker Alex Henry. I think he's going to be kicking more field goals this week as the Eagles realize they need to get points, not just try for seven all the time. And, I, you know, I think I'd say no to the defense. Rex Ryan looks shockingly competent under center for Washington. I hope you meant Rex Grossman. Rex Grossman, sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. Rex Ryan under center is a pretty uh, that would amusing be shocking. image. But, yeah, the, he probably Ugh. wouldn't get up. But that's the point. <laughs> oh, man. So, so for Washington, their running back situation, it's a mystery who's going to – get carries there from one week to the next. But well, I'll, Ryan Terrain this week. I'll Mark go under down. the assumption that Ryan Terrain is actually going to start and play most of the games, so I would start him if you happen. Wide receiver Santana Moss, I would start, and I'd also start tight end Fred Davis. A neutral on running backs, Tim Hightower, even if he does play, and Roy Halu. Wide receiver Jabbar Gaffney, neutral on him, and also neutral on the defense and kicker Graham Gano. I would sit Rex Ryan, I mean Rex Grossman, um, <laughs> wide receiver Anthony Armstrong, just yanking your chain there. Wide receiver Anthony Armstrong is questionable. Bad flip. <laughs> no, it's it was it was amusing, but I shouldn't harp on that. I make plenty of mistakes myself. That's you right. can remind me when we get to Buffalo. Um, wide receiver Anthony Armstrong is questionable with a hamstring injury. I would sit him, and same thing with Chris Cooley. I wouldn't uh, start him this week either. All right, fair enough. So next up on the docket is a game that I think is, is going to be blowout city. I, I don't like – this This would not be a game I'd want to watch unless I, unless I were a Packer fan this weekend. I, I think Green Bay wins this by at least three touchdowns. I'll go Green Bay 40, St. Louis 17, and that's if St. Louis even scores 17. I just – I think I understand why St. Louis is so bad, but they really shouldn't be. I don't think Sam Bradford's hand is 100%. Uh, losing Amendola was pretty traumatic. Steven Jackson's been touch and go. I just Nobody's performing the way they needed to. And this team could have been so good. <laughs> it just makes me frustrated. But I agree. Well, I you're think just, you're just angry out. because you picked them to win the NFC West. It was very logical at the time. It was. <laughs> Much more logical than your Kansas City Chiefs pick, you crazy, crazy man. Wait a minute, wait a minute. They're 2-3 <laughs> and three now. They're right back in the thick of things. Uh, uh, we'll, anyway. We'll talk about them more next week when they're actually Fantasy playing Fantasy-wise, for St. Louis, Sam Bradford is really, at best, a two-quarterback league start, and that's more because you got a lot of good quarterbacks on buys this week. Uh, running back Steven Jackson, I would start, but I hope you have other guys around him as well. Mike Sims-Walker, Denario Alexander, Brandon Gibson. Quite frankly, I hope they're deeper down in your wide receiver or a flex option because there's just not going to be a ton of targets. 
don't even worry about tight ends. Don't start the kicker. Don't start the defense. Green Bay's got a tough defense as much as they like to give points away every now and then. They're just going to – it's going to look like a a terrible – it's just going to be terrible. It makes me so sad. (laughs) The Green Bay's run defense is actually pretty good. It's on the pass that they're getting killed, and I'm not sure if that's because everybody's spending all the game – throwing against them because they're weak or beyond the pass or whether it's because they feel like they can't run, but whatever it is, that's yeah. Mm-hmm. if they want to repeat, they're going to have to get that fixed at some point. Well, if they keep scoring 40 points, they'll be okay as long as they give up 35. All right. So for Green Bay, <laughs> I would start Aaron Rodgers, duh. Um, <laughs> running back James Starks has really started to come on, so... I'm actually higher. For a while, I was 50-50 who was going to get most of the carries, Starks or Ryan Grant, but it's pretty clear right now at least that they trust James Starks a little bit more, so I would start him. Wide receivers Glenn Jennings and Jordy Nelson should be started. I know Nelson didn't do much last week, and James Jones did, but Nelson's been more consistent so far this season. Tight end Michael Finley, start him. Start kicker Mason Crosby and start the defense if you have them. Um, running back Ryan Grant and James Jones, wide receiver James Jones, they're good flex plays if you need them in a deeper league, if you have people on by. And I would sit wide receiver Donald Driver, who unfortunately seems to be on the last legs of, of his career as far as being a productive wide receiver goes. Yeah, can't really argue with you there. No, not that you would want to. <laughs> Never. Why would I ever argue with you? <laughs> okay. So this game, I have a feeling we're going to be arguing about this next game. Indianapolis at Cincinnati. Okay, we're not going to argue about this. Come on. Indianapolis has no chance. Cincinnati is going to win this Uh, by a couple touchdowns. I'll go Cincinnati 24, Indianapolis 10. You think this is going to be like a couple touchdown game? Yes, I don't see how Indianapolis is going to move the ball against Cincinnati's defense. They're not the 85 Bears or the, you know, or the, Steel curtain, exactly. but they're, they're they're quite good. So I, I and with I like the Indianapolis's look of the offense being game, as much sure. of a mess as it is, I just don't see how they're going to move the ball against Cincinnati. I what, think what this is going to be within ten points. I still think Cincinnati wins, but I think it's a lot closer than you think it is. Um, that being said, I think Colts are getting better with Curtis Painter under center. I think Kerry Collins, that experiment needs to be done. It was not great. It's so, done. Good. Well. Curtis Painter is not exactly a sterling fantasy option. If you're really hurting for a quarterback in a bye week for some reason, maybe you start him in a two-quarterback league, but there's no reason that your fantasy team should hinge on Curtis Painter's arm. That's a bad decision. Uh, Running back Donald Brown, I would say start this week. I'd stay away from Joseph Adai. Wide receivers Pierre Garçon and Reggie Wayne, I'm inclined to start. Beyond that with Austin Colley. Uh, Blair White, Gonzalez, I would say no. Tight end Dallas Clark, I would start. There's no way he's going to drop, make those bad drops, those three or four he did last week. It's just not going to happen again. Kicker and defense, I would say no to. But I think this is a closer game than you give them credit for. The one thing you said that I was curious about, you mentioned Donald Brown. I would actually wonder if if, uh, DeLone Carter, who did pretty well in limited action last weekend, might actually get more carries than Brown would this week. I mean, I'm not high on either of them, but I think if I had to pick between the two, I'd rather have Carter. 
Eh, I like Brown a little better, but I think you could go either way. Again, it's not a super yeah. Tough as you said, if your if your weekend hinges on starting one of those two guys, you're you're in you for a long weekend. Got bigger then. problems, right? <laughs> So for Cincinnati, Cedric Benson still hasn't been suspended. We keep waiting for that, the Cedric Benson suspension One watch. Yeah. One of these weeks he'll be suspended, <laughs> but it hasn't happened yet. So nope. you know, against the Colts defense, I would start him. A.J. Green, the wide, rookie wide receiver, has looked a lot better than you know, Julio Jones has, especially now that Julio Jones mm. is sidelined. So you know, he was actually picked ahead of Julio Jones, so there's a good reason why he should you know, be performing well. So... I would start him, start tight end Jermaine Gresham if you have him, and because I think Indianapolis is only going to score 10 points, start the Cincinnati defense as well. Neutral on quarterbacks, Andy, quarterback Andy Dalton, running back Bernard Scott, wide receivers Jerome Simpson and Andre Caldwell, and kicker Mike Nugent. If you have them, probably not you know, going to kill you to start them, but hopefully you have better options. And if you haven't already picked up, or if Bernard Scott for some reason happens to be on your league's waiver wire still, he's another guy that is going to be starting at some point whenever Cedric Benson gets suspended, and who knows for how long that could be. But if he's there and you're hard up for running backs, he, he's somebody to take a look at. All right. So now we get to what should be an entertaining game. I'm not sure if this would be the one game I'd want to watch this week. Actually, no, it's not. I'll, I'll save my favorite game this weekend for later, and I think you'll be pleased. But this, this should be an entertaining game. Buffalo at the Giants. Buffalo can't stop anybody. The Giants can barely stop anybody. So I see a high-scoring game, but I think New York's offense is going to be a little bit more efficient than Buffalo's. So I'll go New York 30, Buffalo 27. That's crazy talk. Buffalo wins by 10. The Giants have not impressed me. Uh, How is Buffalo going to stop the Giants? They're not. They don't have to. The Giants stop themselves. Eli Manning loves to throw the INTs. They fumble like there's no tomorrow. I am not worried about this at all. <laughs> Bill's lost Donald uh, Jones, too. I am, you know, I don't know. I just don't. I'm okay. I, I'm I could okay see with the game it. going either way, but I don't see it being a, a lopsided victory for the Bills for sure. But maybe that's my Giants homerism speaking. I don't know. We'll see. But I think there are some still good fantasy options for the Bills. Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think you absolutely start. No matter what your format is, I would go with running back Fred Jackson as well. Wide receiver Steve Johnson, as you alluded to, Donald Jones is on the shelf. Um, it's hard to say who else is going to get the targets beyond Johnson. Somebody will, but I just can't say who. So, Beyond Johnson, I'm inclined to be conservative and say probably stay away unless you are hard up for guys because it's a bye week. I know with six teams out, everybody needs running backs and wide receivers. So really, at your discretion, I don't think there's one that I'm more inclined to than the other. Um, I would say no defense, but potentially still start Ryan Lindell depending on what your other kicker situations are. What do you think about the Giants? I would start Eli Manning. I think he's if he threw for a career high 412 yards, I think it was last week, and I could see him posting similar totals against the Bills. What passes for pass defense for the Bills? Running back on Mod Bradshaw, especially with Jacobs 
questionable with his knee injury, I would start him. Wide receivers, Hakeem Nix and Victor Cruz, who has very quickly become a, a starting option. I think those two guys are worth starting, as is kicker Lawrence Tynes. Neutral on wide receivers, Mario, wide receiver Mario Manningham and tight end Jake Ballard, who has caught touchdown passes two weeks in a row now. And neutral on the Giants' defense. And I would stay away from running backs Brandon Jacobs and DJ Ware. All right. Let's keep rolling. So now we are rolling along here. So now this game, I think, will also be a mismatch. Jacksonville at Pittsburgh. Jacksonville's defense is actually better than you would think, but I still think that they're going to be no match for, for Pittsburgh's offense. And more importantly, I just don't see how uh, Jacksonville is, is going to uh, move the ball much against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's run defense isn't as good as it's been in the past, but their pass defense has been quite good, and since Jacksonville can't pass even against the Bills' pass defense, there's no way they're going to pass against the uh, Steelers' pass defense. So I'll go Pittsburgh 24, Jacksonville 14 on this one. Ooh, 14. Um, I'm not entirely sure they can score 14 points. <laughs> not either. I was in a good um, mood. It, it'd be great if they did because this game would be a little more competitive, but I think Pittsburgh's going to make them look a little foolish. Um, I'm a little cranky with Jacksonville because they released a friend of mine this week, so I'm picking Pittsburgh to win by a lot. And fantasy-wise, I'm not super excited about a lot from Jacksonville this week. I think you can start Maurice Jones-Drew. Uh, I'm inclined to still start Mercedes Lewis. I don't want to start Blaine Gabrick. Mike Thomas is a maybe for me. I think that you probably, if you have him, need to start him this week because of the bye weeks, but... Like the Sherpa alluded to, their pass game's not super strong to begin with, and coupled with the Pittsburgh pass defense, it's not going to be pretty. There are not a lot of fantasy points to be had here on the Jacksonville side of the ball this week. And obviously no kicker, no defense. There's not going to be much of a fight. For Pittsburgh, I would start wide receiver Mike Wallace. I'd start tight end Heath Miller, who's probable with his shoulder injury, and I'd start the defense. I'm... Up on the up on the fence with quarterback Ben Roethlisberger, and I think they're going to rely more on their running game than their passing game this weekend. But the problem is you don't know exactly who is going to be getting the carries. Is it going to be Richard Mendenhall? Maybe he's healthy, maybe he isn't. Or you know, do you go with uh, Isaac Redman, who was hurt last week, or Jonathan Dwyer, who, whose stats look good, but that was mainly because of one long run he had. Uh, wide receivers Emmanuel Sanders and Antonio Brown, they're also um, maybes for me, as is uh, kicker Sean Sweesom. Okay. All right, moving right along here, we've got <laughs> what could be a pretty interesting game. Two teams that uh, probably most people were not picking for the playoffs at the beginning of the season, and that would be San Francisco and Detroit. This, this game could go either way, but I'll go with Detroit primarily just because it's a nice story, and I'll pick them to win this game 28-21. I think Detroit wins. Their defense got a little bit better this week. They're playing at home. They're used to winning right now. Not that San Francisco isn't. They've been putting together their own little rally of late. But I think there are a lot of good fantasy options here. I think Detroit's just going to edge out San Francisco. Uh, Alex Smith, I think you can start. I still would prefer more of a two-quarterback league format, especially with the matchup. But, again, bye weeks, it's really your call when it comes down to it. 
Um, I'd still start Frank Gore at running back, Vernon Davis at tight end, Josh Morgan obviously not a start this week because he's on IR, but Michael Crabtree seems to be surprisingly healthy for this point in the year. So I would go ahead and still start him. Ted Ginn, I think, is an interesting flex option, but that's really got to be in a deeper league. Beyond Crabtree, I'm not in love with the rest of the wide receivers, especially with Braylon Edwards still out. Morgan's now down for the count. Obviously, the signing of Brett Swain didn't, you know, ruffle a lot of feathers. <laughs> it's not not a didn't huge move a lot there. of uh, seismograms. Yeah, um, but kicker and defense, I may still start David Akers. He is a pretty good kicker, and, you know, it may come down to the defenses are good enough that there's going to be field goals a lot going on here in this game, but I don't think I want to start the San Francisco defense this week. By the way, it's seismograph, isn't it, not seismogram? Yeah, but that's right. Okay. I just glossed over it. <laughs> All right. Well, you you see, you're nice, and you you let me make mistakes and just go off twisting in the wind, whereas I have to point out everything. Well, I won't You're let much... the Chiefs go away, so really I'm not a saint. Well, they're on bye week, so anyway. <laughs> For Detroit, you want to start quarterback Matthew Stafford. You want to start wide receiver Calvin Johnson, who is just playing out of his mind right now. Tight end Brandon Pettigrew, start him and start the Detroit defense. I'm on the fence about running back Javid Best, wide receiver Titus Young, who is another guy you want to go grab off the waiver wire if he's still there in your league. He's starting to... You know, really take over that uh, wide receiver two role there, and kicker Jason Hansen. Anyway, I'm I'm neutral on those three guys, but I would still grab Young if he's available, and you need a wide receiver. And I would I'm I'm not I'm off the Nate Burleson uh, fan club. I I just think going forward, Titus Young is going to have a lot more fantasy value than he is. Yeah, he's going to be the guy I think out there. He's going to be the number two by season's end. If he isn't already, I mean, even if he isn't necessarily starting, he seems to be getting more targets in the games. So, mm-hmm. so now we've got uh, Cleveland at Oakland, and Peyton Hillis is supposed to play this week. He is supposedly over his strep throat. We'll see. But in spite of that, I think Oakland wins this game. I think they're just a little bit better on offense, and their defense should be good enough. I'll go Oakland 27, Cleveland 24. What do you think of this game, Jana? I think it could go either way. I guess Oakland's kind of riding that emotional high of, you know, winning for Al, and it carries over this week. They're at home winning Oakland. Although I like Colt McCoy. I really do. I just don't think that there's enough offensively to get over the hump here against Oakland. But I would still start Colt McCoy in more two-quarterback leagues than anything else. Peyton Hillis, I think you can start this week. Wide receivers, I like Massaqua, Rubinsky, Greg Little, Josh Cribbs. It's just I, I think I like Greg Little a little better out of the three. But, I'm again, there's just, it's just there's not a lot going on in there. <laughs> Uh, tight ends, Ben Watson, I guess, if you had to pick one. Again, I'm hoping you have better options somewhere else. The Oakland defense isn't super kind to them. I would say no kicker and no defense here, though. I do think this will be a close game. I just think Oakland's going to come out on top. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, 
for Oakland, I would definitely start running back Darren McFadden. I think that's how they're going to attack the the Browns. They're not going to throw too much, but they could run all day on the Browns, I think. Wide receiver Denarius Moore, another start in my mind. Tight end Kevin Boss, somebody else. I think if they're going to throw it all, they'll throw to those two guys. Neutral on running back Michael Bush, wide receiver Darius Hayward Bay, who Jenna, he's had over he's had over 100 yards two weeks in a row now. Do you think he's finally becoming the you know worthy know. of a first round pick, or are you still? Uh, I don't like I don't know if he's worthy of being a first round pick yet, but he's sort of functional now, which he wasn't before. So that's he's, good. He's somebody else. If he happens to be out there on your waiver wire and you need a wide receiver either for a bye week or as an injury replacement, I think he's worth a specular bid. I wouldn't – I would still rather have someone like uh, you know, Titus Young Thank before you. I would pick him up. But if if he's the best that's out there, I don't think that's a bad pickup. So anyway, back to the task at hand, running back Michael Bush, wide receiver Darius hayward Bay. They're both uh, maybes for me. The Raiders' defense is a maybe, as is kicker Sebastian Janikowski. I would you sit quarterback. You three 50-yard-plus Jay- field goals last week. Yeah, that's nice. I just don't think they're going to have to kick many field goals <laughs> against the Browns. Um, I would sit quarterback Jason Campbell and wide receivers Jacoby Ford and Lewis Murphy, right. who's questionable with a groin injury. But this this should be a fairly interesting game to watch. It'll be more evenly matched than some of the other ones we've uh, talked about already, that's for sure. Yes. Speaking of another game that should be fairly entertaining and fairly evenly matched and could go either way, Houston at Baltimore. Mm-hmm. But I think Baltimore has a little bit more on defense than Houston does on offense, so... I'll take Baltimore to win this game 23-20. I think that Baltimore wins this, and it's more the fact that Houston is so banged up right now. Uh, Baltimore's defense is good, and their offense is good. I like the team a lot. I just think Houston, when healthy, would be a better team. But that being said, I would still start Matt Schaub. Uh, I would start Arian Foster. Ben Tate and Derek Ward, I would stay away from. They're both battling injuries and obviously not going to be featured backs this week. Uh, Jacoby Jones, also battling injuries. Obviously, there's no Andre Johnson. Kevin Walter, Anderson, not superstar options. I think I'd pick Walter if Jacoby Jones plays. I would start him, but... Tight end Owen Daniels has been coming on a little bit of late. I still don't love him, uh, especially now against the Baltimore defense. Again, there are a lot of good tight ends playing this week, and hopefully you have another one of them. I would say no to kicker Neil Rackers and probably no to the defense. For Baltimore, I would definitely start running back Ray Rice, wide receiver Anquan Bolden, tight end Ed Dixon in the defense. I'm maybe on quarterback Joe Flacco, wide receiver Torrey Smith, and kicker Billy Cundiff. And I would sit running back Ricky Williams, wide receiver Lee Evans, who's questionable with an ankle injury, and tight end Dennis Pitta. All right. It should be a good game. I think it will be. One of the better this week. Moving on to a game which probably will not be as good, and that's New Orleans at Tampa Bay. I don't think Tampa Bay is anywhere near as bad as they showed last week against San Francisco, but 
I don't think that New Orleans is going to be a bounce-back game for them. I think New Orleans wins this by almost two touchdowns. I'll say New Orleans 34, Tampa 21. Tampa can be so much better than they're playing like, and I hope they start finding their form again because there's just no reason they should be that bad as they were last week. Fantasy-wise, New Orleans this week, there is a lot to get excited about. Uh, Definitely start Drew Brees. I would start Pierre Thomas. Uh, Mark Ingram and Darren Sproles are more flex options. I think you can get some action out of both of them, but they shouldn't be your number one running backs, obviously. Tight end Jimmy Graham is the best tight end in the league right now. He is an absolute start. Devery Henderson I would stay away from this week at wide receiver. Uh, Lance Moore, Robert Meacham, I'm much more inclined to start either of them. And I would definitely start the kicker, definitely start the defense. So for Tampa, I would definitely start wide receiver Mike Williams and tight end Kellen Winslow. I think those are the two guys on the team I would start this week. On the fence about quarterback Josh Freeman, running backs Garrett Blunt, who's questionable with a knee injury, and Ernest Graham. And I would sit wide receivers Preston Parker and Aurelius Ben, sit the Tampa defense, and sit kicker Connor Barth. I don't think I'm going to sit Preston Parker this week. Really? I know the defense is good, but he's been, the numbers he's putting up are a little ridiculous. It's hard to say no to that. No. It could be. He's and actually really a spend seems to be getting more involved in the offense too, but you know, surprisingly I like a lot. Yeah, I I've picked him up on several teams. And here's another one that if he's out there on your waiver wire for some reason he probably won't be for much longer, so go get him. Mm-hmm. But I I think this week he's not gonna do so much, but we'll see. You may be right. So, shall we go on? Onward and upward? Let's do it. All right. You'll be happy to know that I think this next game would be my game of the week, the one game I would want to watch if I could pick one, if I could only pick one game to watch, and that's because most people will probably just automatically assume New England's going to win this game. But I think Dallas matches up quite well with them, and I think mm-hmm. getting all their people healthy off the bye week. I think they're actually going to win this game. I'll take Dallas to beat New England 31-28, which if it happens, I'm sure will make you very happy. I agree. I think this is a winnable game. They've had two weeks to look at film. They can beat New England. They're healthy. And what Bill Belichick loves to do is take one guy who's the key out of your offense and take him completely out of the game. That's probably going to be Jason Witten for Bill Belichick this week. So you may want to think twice about that matchup. I know I will. But they have so many other threats at wide receiver and at running back that it's really getting rid of Jason Witten is inconvenient, but it's not going to kill their offense. So I think you definitely start Tony Romo. I would start Felix Jones. He's going to be fine, even with a separated shoulder. I'm still going to start Miles Austin, Des Bryant, as long as there's no last-minute setback. There really shouldn't be. They should be okay to go this week. Tight end Jason Witten, again, it's going to be a tough matchup, but he is one of the top five tight ends in the league, so it's hard to say no to that. Wide receivers beyond Austin and Bryant. You've got Kevin Ogletree, Jesse Holly, Laurent Robinson, uh, Harris. It's kind of a crapshoot. It's hard to say which one's going to get more targets from one week to the other. 
Laurent Robinson probably would be number three right now. Although he looked really good a couple weeks ago when the other yeah, and Jesse Holly had that one big game as well. Um, Ogletree is, I believe, number three on the depth chart, but I think he is uh, not as great as Robinson is. So I would go Robinson if you had to pick one of the two. Uh, Kicker Dan Bailey, I am inclined to start. I would say no to the defense, though. Yeah, that brings up something interesting. If you have a kicker on bye this week and you can pick somebody up off waivers, ideally you want to pick somebody who's already had their bye week. So last week that would have been teams like, I guess, Dallas and Baltimore and St. Louis. and and Miami, Cleveland, Baltimore, St. Louis, Washington, Dallas. Those were the byes last week. Right. So, I mean, of those... If if you find either Billy Cundiff or Dan Bailey on waivers and you need to make a move this week for a kicker because of the bye week, I think those two are, are really good options. And, again, the main thing is that if you grab a guy who's already had their bye week, that's one less roster adjustment you have to make down the road. So, of course, you could say, well, I'll just hold on and then hope that maybe somebody drops, you know, Stephen Goskowski or, you know, that's not or someone. Happen. Pardon? I don't think if you have Steven Goskowski or somebody like Sebastian Janikowski on your roster, are you really going to drop one of the top kickers in the league for a single bye week and have somebody potentially snipe him? I wouldn't. I'd rather take no points at the kicker position and have him the rest of the season. So that's a good question. That's something we could debate probably for the rest of the show, but we're not going to. Probably. <laughs> no. So for New England, you definitely start quarterback Tom Brady. Wide receivers Wes Welker and Deion Branch both have big games, as should tight end Rob Gronkowski. Neutral on running backs, Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis, and Stephen Ridley, partly because I don't know which of those two is going to get more carries from one week to the next, although Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis sure looked good last week when they were uh, icing the game against the Jets. And also partly because I don't think they're going to run a heck of a lot against Dallas' defense. And you'll be pleased to know, Jana, that I actually would even consider starting uh, wide receiver Chad Ochocinco as a flex option this week. So. Too bad you dropped him in all your leagues. <laughs> no, I didn't drop him in all my leagues. He was never on my team in any of my leagues. Oh, well, there you go. All right. I think that hopefully people listen to me and he's still on the roster. So all right. I, I think he's, he's, he's a flex option at best still, but I would take any of those guys we were discussing before on my team before I would have Chad Ochocinco on my team. But I, he's a neutral guy for me this week. Start him if you have him and you have to. And kicker Steven Goskowski, again, for me, I'm not quite sure how high scoring this game is going to be, something on the fence about him. And I would sit the Patriots defense because I think the Cowboys are going to rack up a lot of points against them. I think, I think Tony Romo will be back in, in Cowboy Nation's good graces for at least a week. Eh, we'll see. We'll see. See how the turnover. You're not a Tony Romo fan, but at least not. from a fantasy standpoint, <laughs> you got to love him. Yes, that is true. All right, true. moving right along, we've got the Sunday night game, which I'm not terribly excited about, although it could be I a pretty game. I think it could game. be a good game. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I I actually will pick Minnesota in an upset here, 28-24, but that's more commentary on how I think Chicago is not all that good rather than that I think Minnesota is good. So, anyway, I'll go Minnesota 28, Chicago 24. How do you see this one? 
I agree, but only on the strength of Minnesota's defense because Jay Cutler's got a problem staying upright against terrible defenses. What's he going to do with Jared Allen in his face? It's not going to look really pretty. I think Minnesota wins by a touchdown, but it's not because of Donovan McNabb. It's because of Jared Allen, the defense, and Adrian Peterson. Uh, Donovan McNabb is really only a two-quarterback league option at best. Um, Right now his number one job is handing the ball off to Adrian Peterson and hoping nobody drops it. Absolutely start Adrian Peterson. If Percy Harvin plays with those sore ribs, which I think is kind of on the fence right now, I still am inclined to start him. Um, I like tight end Vasante Shanko. The rest of the wide receivers I would say no to. I would say yes to the defense and maybe to the kicker. For Chicago, I would start Jay Cutler. I agree with you. He'll probably spend you know, half of the game on his back looking up at the starry sky in Chicago there. I just, yep. But I just think they're not going to be able to run too much, so I think he will spend most of the game passing. Running back Matt Forte, he's not going to be able to run much, but they do involve him in the passing games, so that's why I would still start him. Wide receiver Johnny Knox didn't have a good last game, but I still think he's their most reliable wide receiver at this point. Wide receiver Dan Sonsenbacher, who did look good last week, I'm on the fence about him again. If I had to choose a wide receiver from Chicago from week to week, it would be Knox, not Sonsenbacher. Tight end Kellen Davis, on the fence about him, on the fence about Chicago's defense and kicker Robbie Gold. I would definitely sit running back Marion Barber, wide receivers Roy Williams, just gave him a new name, (laughs) Pearl Bennett, who's questionable still with his his chest injury, and Devin Hester would not start any of those guys. All right, fair enough. So now we move on to a team between, a game between two wayward teams. Miami was kind of expected to be struggling, New York. Some people thought they were going to be a Super Bowl team, especially if Rex Ryan were quarterbacking them. But um, I I just, I don't see it. I, I think New York's going to win this game, but I really think it's a flip, a coin kind of game. And the only reason I'm picking New York is because I don't think that Matt Moore is, is going to be able to do much against the, the, um, the Jets' defense, although I think some of the running backs could have a big game. But anyway, I'll go New York 21, Miami 20. All right. Um, I would love to see Miami get their first one at the expense of the Jets. I just don't think it's very realistic. Matt Moore is really more of a two-quarterback league option, although in a bye week you may be forced to take a guy like that and put him on your team. It's it's not going to you know reap a ton of fantasy benefit points, <laughs> but... It is a tough defense. It's a tough matchup. So really, tread with caution. Reggie Bush, I still like. I still think is a, a decent start, even though it is the Jets. Wide receiver Brandon Marshall and Brian Hartline, I'm still inclined to start. Uh, I would definitely say no to tight end Anthony Fasano. I'm also saying no to Devon Best this week, although he's an interesting flex play against most other defenses. And I would say no to the defense and no to Dan Carpenter, the kicker. What about uh, Daniel Thomas? I think I'd almost rather start him than Bush. I'm not a believer in Daniel Thomas yet. When he gets healthy and shows me something real, then maybe I'll get on board. All right. So for the Jets, I'm going to 
start wide receiver Santonio Holmes, start tight end Dustin Keller, and start their defense, and that's about it. Mark Sanchez, quarterback Mark Sanchez, start him if you have to because of injuries or bye week. Same thing um, maybe for wide receivers, Plexico Burris and um, Jeremy Curley, I think, is actually going to start to figure more into their offense since they got rid of Derek Mason. He's actually been looking pretty good last couple weeks, although I I certainly wouldn't start him over any of the guys that we were talking about previously on the waiver wire. Curley is more somebody if you're in a 32-team league or, you know, something like that, and and he's your best option out there, go for it. But otherwise... Yeah, you probably don't need to start him this week. I would sit running back Sean Green. I would sit running back uh, Ladanian Tomlinson. Green, I just don't think is going to run much against the Dolphins' defense. Their run defense is actually pretty decent. And Ladanian Tomlinson, I just don't think he's going to be involved enough in the passing game to make him worth starting. And I would also sit kicker Nick Folk this week. All right. So we... Blew through the 13 games this week, and we still have some time to spare. Shockingly (laughs) is right. So why don't we talk for a couple minutes just about a strategy issue, and then we'll we'll try to rack up some players that we really like and dislike for this week. So, So the strategy question on the table this week is, how should you go about proposing and evaluating trades? So... What about the proposing trades, Jana? When you do that, do you just throw stuff out and see who bites? Do you take a lot of time to analyze other teams' rosters? Do you, you know, do you try to make sure there's a good fit, or do you think that's the other owner's problem to deal with that? What's your philosophy in terms of proposing trades? Um, I'm not a huge trader to begin with, but I think if you're going to propose or accept a trade, you have it has to be something realistic. Don't try to trade Adrian Peterson for Ladanian Tomlinson. It's just don't even waste people's time. Daniel so Thomas? It, no. Okay. <laughs> I Second. really I don't understand this Daniel Thomas fascination, but I think it needs to be something where you look at your roster, you look at the potential tradees roster, and it needs to be something that benefits and fits both teams. If you're going to, you know, send out a trade request, make it realistic. Make it something that could actually happen. If they need a wide receiver and you need a running back, do something where it helps both parties. And if a player isn't quite on the level of a player trying to trade for, throw somebody else in. It doesn't have to be a one-for-one. But, you know, be realistic in looking at the roster and seeing can they potentially take on two players if you're trying to steal away a star from them. If they don't have anyone else that could potentially be dropped or moved, it may not be a good fit. So on the evaluating trades side, that one, again, most trades fall into one of two categories. You're either trading like for like, you know, Jana likes Arian Foster more and I like Adrian Peterson more. So if we happen to have them, you know, and the other person likes our player more than if we each like each other's players more is what I was trying to say then mm-hmm. it makes sense to go ahead and do that. But the, the more difficult ones to evaluate, obviously, are, you know, you want to trade me Wes Welker for Adrian Peterson or, or something, or Calvin Johnson for Adrian Peterson might be a better example. But right. you know, then again, you have to start looking at what other options do you have. I mean, if you've got Adrian Peterson and your backups are Arian Foster and, 
you know, Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis, then it might make sense to go ahead and make that trade. You know, if your backup running back is, you know, LaDainian Tomlinson, it probably doesn't make sense to make that trade then. So, mm-hmm. you know, what what alternatives do you have both on your roster currently and also on the waiver wire in terms of replacing the guy that you're thinking of trading away. So that's that's how I would tend to look at it. And again, when you're getting two to one, two for one trades and three for two trades, I'm always leery of being the guy getting the extra player because that usually means you're getting giving up the better player in the deal. And you know, unless I have the depth to be able to afford to do that, I, I tend not to want to do that. Well, I'm I'm inclined to do odd odd numbered trades. Like if I need wide receiver depth and a backup at some position and I'm giving somebody up, you know, it fulfills more than one need for me. I don't have to then go out and find somebody else. So I'm not opposed to it, but I think if you are looking to potentially move someone or you need positions, it's important in a lot of leagues, especially on Yahoo, you have a trade block. Go put out there that you're looking for wide receivers or that these people are potentially available so that if other people are trying to evaluate trades in the league, they have a starting point. See, my problem with the trade blocks is that it's almost, you know, you're you're basically telling people where your weak spots are and you know, not that they couldn't figure that out themselves, but yeah. you know, I I would rather rather than just sending out an open invitation for people to rip me off, I would rather if I have the time, go through other teams' rosters and try to figure out, you know, all right, I have a surplus at running back. Who's weak at running back but you know, has some depth and wide receiver that they could trade me? Because I, I just think when you put out a APD for some for a trade like that, then I think you're you may not get the the best value in return then, or at least you may not get the best offers, you know, when people come knocking on your door. But that's just my personal bias. I totally disagree. I mean, I don't think it's that you're opening yourself to be ripped off unless you're accepting bad trades, and then that's on you. I mean, if you're not comfortable with the trade, don't do it. You can still have people on the block and go initiate a trade. There's no problem. I'm not necessarily going to offer you my best deal then versus – if you initiated that trade request and went through my roster and said, hey, Scott, I think that this would be a good trade that would benefit both of us, I bet that more often than not you'll get the better trade when you're initiating it and then negotiating from that as a starting point rather than you know, waiting totally for me disagree. to make the initial offer. <laughs> we disagree, I 100% so. disagree. But All right. we disagree on everything. I just think that it no, takes everybody on time in that, in that – they know what you need and what you're potentially going to move. Like if I have a, you know, Calvin Johnson on my roster, I'm not going to move him. I don't care who you offer me. There's nobody I'm going to value higher at a wide receiver position that I'm going to potentially say, yeah, I'll I'll take the drop off here. It's just it's not going to happen for me. So I'd rather say I'm potentially looking to get stronger at tight end or running back or defense or whatever and put it out there so if someone's looking at my roster yeah they can shoot me a realistic trade expectation i don't want you to just you know say hey i want calvin johnson like what do you want or here's two semi-okay players like let's start from here i'd rather you start with something that makes sense well and i know we're about to run out of time but with the Mm -hmm. calvin johnson example even a player like that sometimes i think would make sense to trade i mean if you're if you have Calvin Johnson as your stud wide receiver, but you still have pretty good wide receiver depth, 
and yet your 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 first string running back, you know, due to injuries or whatever else, is Ryan Grant, then you could probably trade Calvin Johnson for a top-notch running back and still, you know, have and if you still have the wide receiver depth, of course you're going to lose something when you trade Johnson away. But it's a question of if that's less of a drop off from Johnson to the running back to the wide receiver who would replace him. If that's less of the drop off than the gain that you would get going from say Ryan Grant to Adrian Peterson, I think it makes sense to to do a trade like that. But nah, sounds like I we disagree. Yeah. All right. That's all right. We are out of time for this week. We will be back again next Wednesday night from 9.30 to 10.30 p.m. Eastern time, as we are every week. We'll be looking at key injuries from week six, the week seven game analysis, and a little strategy if we have time. Uh, you can contact us throughout the week via email at the number 4thninchesshow at gmail.com. That's the number 4thninchesshow at gmail.com. We're under Twitter at the same handle, the number 4thninchesshow. And you can find us on FantasyFootballSherpa.com on the blog and the Huffington Post where the Sherpa has all kinds of great fantasy football strategy as well. If I can just throw in one quick plug, too, for the the blog. If you check there on Saturday or early Sunday, there should be player rankings by position for over 250 players. So everything you need to get you through by weeks, injuries, everything else. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks. Have a great week. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.